Welcome to the Colander Medical Radio Show with Dr. Brian Colander, MD. Dr. Colander is a board-certified internal medicine physician who specializes in the assessment and treatment of artery disease. His medical practice is dedicated to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are going to hear from Dr. Colander about his unique, personalized concierge practice and his plan for revolutionizing healthcare. His vision focuses on preventing the events that lead to all the catastrophic diseases of our time. Dr. Colander will explain to us about how and why we develop chronic systemic disease and the course we ought to take to prevent it. To find out more about how to avoid diabetes, Alzheimer's, heart attack and stroke, stay tuned, we'll be right back after this short break. Welcome to another edition of the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin. We are here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll discuss the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we encourage you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Dr. Colander, welcome to another one of your very informative shows. And unfortunately, we're still in the midst of all of the problems and fallout from COVID. Siobhan, welcome to the show. You sent us an article on uh, the hospitals. Tell us a little bit about the article. Yeah, so I just came across it earlier today that many of the Michigan hospitals are reaching almost 100% capacity in the emergency rooms, right? And uh, some of it's from people experiencing COVID and also a lot of people that are coming in from issues they weren't able to solve during COVID, you know, and it's almost too late at this point. Well, we've been talking, again, we're bringing a little of our Thursday flavor to the Sunday show because when we read about hospital systems either limiting access which is really the theme of our show. Why is our healthcare system broken? Because you can't get in. And now if you're a person, you know, a patient of a system, and now the system from the core place where they operate is limiting their access, what are you going to do? Why would you put yourself in a situation to be at the whim of a company that's limiting their greatest asset on purpose yeah. for whatever excuse. What's, it's not a reason, it's an excuse that they're limiting beds. So they're voluntarily limiting it. You're saying it's not that they're just at capacity? Well, it's the same as everything that's going on in our society these days. Oh, there's a worker shortage. Mm -hmm. There's no worker shortage. There's millions of people looking for jobs. The shortages created... Again, this is not in political show. Healthcare is nonpartisan, but people are not working for whatever reason you want to say. We won't go there. But there's plenty of people out there looking for jobs. There's, this is not a worker shortage situation. It's it's yes, it's people are having trouble, but people have left medical because of COVID, and they've also left medical people that work in the hospital systems because of the environment created by the hospital administration. Again, I don't know that we should go too deep into the what's and where's because we don't have on-site people to, you know, speak for what's happening. It's all speculative, but 
there's an, we've had shows about the environment inside the hospital system that might be disadvantageous to make it want make you want to work there. I understand, but so the whole article was about how Bowman is limiting beds in all of their eight hospitals, and um, I'm not really sure why they would be limiting beds to begin with, and then they're at capacity with the emergency room saying don't come unless you're in really bad shape. I mean, what does really bad shape mean? If somebody's having a heart attack, they don't even know they're having a heart attack. And then, but by the way, before you give us an answer to this, one of the things that stood out in the article when I read it was that, well, most of the people that are coming in with COVID are people that weren't vaccinated. So that's on them. That's the way I read this article. Well, that's what all the news is. Uh, Anti-vax shaming. You know, go get a vaccine because some kid who had appendicitis couldn't have a laparoscopic surgery, had to have an open laparotomy because his appendix burst while waiting for a bed in the ER because the hospital was full of unvaccinated COVID people. I mean, what's the media's agenda here? I mean, are they to working? To report the news. That's not reporting the news. That's a highly <laughs> spun it's article. It's highly sensational. Highly, right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, who are they working for? Who's, it's, I, I don't want to say don't get me started, but we're on the radio to talk about this stuff. <laughs> you know, I mean, who's paying them? You know, they're advertisers, which are, you know, I want to say pharmaceutical companies. And so they're, they're, they're talking the talk that the government wants you to hear. And unfortunately, I no longer trust the messaging that we're getting from the government. Why not? And, well, because it's very disingenuous anymore. You know, if you really want to tell people who don't want to get vaccinated to get vaccinated, Give them the reasons why their concerns are not based in reality. Again, I'm not saying that they aren't, but people are concerned about real problems, about outcomes, about um, adverse events. And none of these things are being talked about, even though they're highly reported in the appropriate place. You know, there's vaccine adverse events sites that, that you're supposed to report adverse events there's tens of thousands of adverse events reported and they're just brushed under the table by the government. And, you know, I think before we end the segment, we should kind of move this to where we should have the show go, which is, you know, the real topic here is the, if you're a hospital, a patient or a client of a hospital employee doctor and the hospital is intentionally limiting access. Why would you stay in that environment as a as a consumer? They they don't have any other choice. I mean, if you get sick enough to have to go to the hospital, you've got to go to the hospital. Well, it's not a question of that. It's that you can't have access to somebody who can take care of you. And let's start. the The goal here is find someone who's doing a little working a little outside the system, who will be available. Exactly. Let's come back and discuss that some more on the other side of the break. You are listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show. And if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin. 
We're here talking with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Collender is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also discuss the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we encourage you to only call Dr. Collender directly at 866-COLLENDER. Dr. Collender, coming back, you know, we were discussing over the break about what this article in the Detroit News was all about. You know, Bowman Hospital limiting beds and people and them having burgeoning numbers again with COVID patients coming in through the emergency room. They're almost up to capacity. And the statement was made that, well, all of these people, for the most part, were non-vaccinated. So I took that to mean that they're pro-vaccine. Well, of course they're pro-vaccine. I mean, it's a hospital system. So, um, and, the you know, one of the reasons they're not limiting beds is not because people aren't getting vaccinated. They're limiting the beds for probably a few reasons. Number one is they're in the process of selling the hospital system or merging with Spectrum Health. And they look more profitable if they're carrying less staff. And limiting beds, if you don't have the ability to staff those beds, is actually, you know, the ethical right thing to do. Because you can't put people in a bed that doesn't have a staff, you know, whole staff group behind it. Um, and well, I read they have a shortage of staff. They said a lot of people retired and quit due to COVID and pe people who are up for retirement just left. That's Well, we've been doing this show through this whole process. Do you believe that line of BS? Yes. Good. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, it's not that I feel. <laughs> I feel as though a lot. I do know doctors that have left. They chose to retire. I personally know doctors who just said, okay, I've had enough of this mishmash and them not having access to the number of surgeries or surgical rooms okay. that they needed and whatever reason. And maybe a lot of people that are, you know, the, uh, the, the, first, the, the line of first care don't want to be in COVID wards anymore. Maybe they've had enough. Maybe nurses and the people who work at Bowman have just decided to slip out the back door. Well, again, I feel the need to use the word allegedly. Okay. Repeatedly. I'm going to just say allegedly before every sentence that I say for the next few minutes, which is allegedly um, people were fired. People who were in the trenches of COVID were allegedly let go, you know, because there was another merger attempt last year and there was an attempt allegedly the hospital was going to you know again reduce their overhead by letting people go so possibly maybe or allegedly well do you think perhaps that there might have been some people that left due to some of the uh, mandates for getting vaccines as a healthcare well, worker well that's just now that's new mm -hmm. that that's like last month but you know we've could have or possibly, you know, we just didn't have anyone willing to come in here and vouch for what we've been hearing that there may, and I'm going to say the word may, have been some issues with staffing, again, related to maybe, allegedly, trying to sell the hospital to lower the bottom line to look more attractive to a purchaser. And guess what? It's happening again. And there's stories about beds being shrunk, staff not being available. But there's a great scapegoat 
and it's unvaccinated people who are ruining it for everybody. Well, that's who's being admitted with COVID right now. That's basically what they're saying. Because of this influx of new patients coming in, that they're up to capacity now. You know, so what's the average listener to do? I mean, people are sitting at home wondering, if I get sick, where am I going? <laughs> well, thank you. The average listener, and again, this is the theme of the show, is you need to look outside of the traditional healthcare system because the traditional healthcare system sucks. You're dealing with forces beyond your control that are limiting your ability to see a medical professional who has any time to talk to you for anything. Right. Let alone COVID, let alone answer sick questions, let alone even see them if you're sick. Right. So if you want, I mean, if you want to put yourself in this situation and, and just like the hospital and ABC news and all the news agencies are blaming everything on unvaccinated people. If you want to blame it on the, the world, well, sometimes you got to take the world in your own hands and find your own way and find a way for you and your family to get health care because there are people out there like me who work outside the system. What I mean by outside the system is they may or may not take insurance, but they can go see their, that person whenever they need to. And that's what concierge medicine is, is patients pay a fee above and beyond or instead of insurance so that when they call that doctor, they're going to answer the phone. And when you need to be seen, you can come in. And guess what? It saves an ER visit. It saves a referral to a specialist. Um, it saves your life when you need it. And I think that obviously, well, I've mentioned this before on many of our prior shows, none of your patients were hospitalized. So on the one hand, we're reading the newspaper, finding out that Beaumont's at capacity and can't take any more patients if you get COVID. It's a big struggle for the average listener, the average patient out there to know what to do. I mean, you're a party of one, a phenomenon of one. I mean, it's, you know, the people that are listening to this show are going to say, well, how do I find that type of care? There's more people than me. Uh, granted, you know, what we do in our practice is more about prevention and stopping you from having a heart attack and stroke. I'll say access is a benefit of being in the practice. It's not what I'm most proud of. What I'm most proud of is that, you know, I don't want anyone in my practice needing a stent. I don't want anyone in my practice needing a bypass surgery or a carotid endarterectomy or having a stroke. You know, I want to tell my, you know, I don't want any of that happening. So that's what I'm proud of is that we're able to identify people with disease and stop it and reverse the disease before it even becomes diagnostic. Before that disease process even advances to having a diagnosis code, we want to identify the possibility and stopping it. Kind of like shrinking your hospital staff because there's a possibility of selling it. You know, we want to do it ahead of time. So people... So, so know, that was a stretch. Well, I mean, I, the, the question that I have as the patient advocate here is that I'm getting calls from people who are saying they're not vaccinated, they're probably not going to get vaccinated, they're not going to the hospital because they're reading the news about the hospital can't take them anyway and they don't want to die on a ventilator there. 
where do I go? How do they get into the type of care, the type of situation that you have going where you're treating your patients? You've had patients with COVID. None of them went into the hospital. What's the magical elixir? And, you know, well, what do you have to say to people out there? Because they're all looking for where do we go? Okay, it's all bad news. Where do we go? There's no bad news where I am. No bad it's news all where good, you are, but you're uh, a party of one. Right. So the answer is really, it's, there's no simple answer. The, what, do you, what do you do is we start from the ground floor and make sure people are healthy from day one. So we're identifying inflammation and drivers of inflammation in people. And you could read inflammation as, a depressing, a depressed immune system. And by reducing inflammation, we're helping people build their immune system so that when they be, do become exposed to COVID or the flu or pneumonia, they're in a better place to fight it off and let their body fight it. And so that's really the goal is to put people in the best possible health early on. And that's a lot of work. So I, we're working with all of our patients all the time using data that, frankly, you are not getting anywhere else because it's not covered by insurance. We, so, sh we should come back and talk about what that journey is all about on the other side of the break. You are listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show, and if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He's also going to tell us about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we encourage you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that's 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. And before we come back to asking more questions of Dr. Colander, I'd like to encourage you all to tune in Thursday evening, 7 p.m. He has a weekly show, Thursday evening, 7 p.m., one hour. It's live, and you can call from wherever during the hour and ask your questions and talk to the doctor directly. So there are a lot of patients out there listening to this show, and that there'll be patients calling in on the Thursday show. But my question to you is, the news we're getting is, forget about the hospital, they're useless your patients, once again, let me reiterate, they've gotten COVID, none of them went into the hospital. And the secret sauce is that they were in a practice that gave them the tools that they needed to not have inflammation, am I right? And to reassure their, their own body is fighting off getting the disease. And if they do get it, you treat them. And please talk about how you treat them. Sure. So... When people call me with COVID again, keep in mind, they've already been with me a little bit, I hope. We've already addressed lifestyle issues that they were are hopefully working through. We've already put them on the right medicines that lower artery inflammation. And in the process of lowering artery inflammation, we're reducing risk of having a heart attack or stroke. 
and we're also building up their immune system. Again, I don't have a measure for that, but when you're healing your arteries, which is what's feeding oxygen to every organ in your body, you are, you know, in default building your immune system. Um, the things that we're asking people to do, again, lifestyle-wise, all help improve the immune system. Uh, sleep health is a big part of that. We, I always make sure people have excellent sleep habits and that we're basically screening for sleep disorders without needing symptoms. I have a very low threshold for screening patients for sleep disorder. And fixing those problems improve your immune system. But to answer your question, when they come in, you know, we reassure them that they should be on high doses of vitamin D3. They already are because vitamin D3 serves a lot of purposes. One is it stabilizes your arteries. Vitamin D3 with vitamin K2 pulls calcium out of your arteries and also improves insulin resistance, which is the becoming of diabetes. So we're not only you know, identifying people at risk for disease, but we're identifying risk of having diabetes in the future. When I mean the future, I don't mean next year. I mean 15 years away. So you could say we're curing diabetes by fixing their insulin resistance the day they have it. Now you have a, you have a large practice, obviously, and you do spend a lot of time with your patients. You're also on call 24-7 if they don't feel well at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night, you're answering answering the phone and talking to them. Do you have in your practice of the hundreds of people that have joined your practice, do you actually have patients who have come to you and said, I'm not getting the vaccine? Yeah. And do they come to you then and say, but let's say I'm going to get COVID, what am I going to do and what's your answer? Well, they're going to call. I want to say I want to hear about it in the first day. Right. So that's... I've told everyone in the practice that if you're not well during this COVID pandemic, or I should call it endemic now, then you should go get tested immediately because in order to prescribe medications, you need to be positive. And so I'm still using hydroxychloroquine. I am still using ivermectin for people that want to use it. I'm not touting that it's perfect or nothing is perfect, but I want to use all the tools that I have at my disposal. Um, you know, again, I'm going to make a quick segue. There's someone who does a, the number one pan, uh, podcast in the world. He had COVID, the leader, and, and he went on his podcast talking about all the things he did to, you know, to heal himself from COVID. And he just got trashed on the internet for using a kitchen sink approach. Well, guess what? That's the world. Staying healthy is a kitchen sink approach. That's what prevention is. It's a kitchen sink approach. I've got to be a cardiologist, an endocrinologist, a gastroenterologist, a pulmonologist, infectious disease, an oral health specialist. I have to use, and an immunologist. I've got to throw all of these things in and treat everyone using all of these tools to heal their arteries and make sure they're healthy. But that's a really perfect utopic situation you're talking about because I feel as though what's wrong with healthcare in this country is the compartmentalization of medicine. The PCP sees you for five minutes, shoots you out the door, tells you to go and see an endocrinologist or a cardiologist or 
a rheumatologist or whatever specialist is out there, and then they start building their own file and there's no connection between the dots. And what happens is that people collect doctors, they collect specialists, they collect medications, but it's really not going anywhere. It really isn't because what you just said made me think about a note that I read from one of my patients who went to see an endocrinologist for uh, bone density issues. And so she went, and, I, and I'll say it right now, I hate the drugs that treat osteoporosis because they've got very long half-lives. Um, and, you know, the indications are to start 20 years before you're probably going to have a fracture anyway. So, um, and, you know, my world, crank up the vitamin D3 and do a lot of weight-bearing exercise and keep your bones strong. Well, my patient came back and was told that she was on a toxic level of D3. No, she wasn't. She was on the right level of D3, but she's being told by the specialist, you're on too much. And it's just nonsense. You know, What's just, the danger of too much? There is no, well. Because there are a lot of people that are going to Costco and buying bottles of D, D3 and just swallowing them. It's hard to become toxic in D3. So not to worry I, it's about not, it. You got to check your level and see where you are once a year and make sure you're at a good level. But since we've been practicing, the upper limit of normal has gone from 80 to 100 to 150. So the upper limit on D3 has doubled. And it was hard to get to 80. I, I you know, I, even, I don't have anybody at 100 and, and I'm telling them to take a ton. So anyway, back to how do we stop COVID is, Vitamins, D3, zinc, ginger juice. Um, you know, I still recommend Advil for the aches and pains and the fever or Tylenol. Um, and again, I'm happy. I, I like Iver, uh, hydroxychloroquine a lot. And I like, uh, I don't have that much experience with ivermectin, but I'm happy to use it if the person wants to go there. Um, but again, it's crucial that the, it, it happens early in the you got to start early. Yeah. And that's what's wrong with the studies that were done a year ago is that they were being used in the hospital on severely ill people. Well, then it's then it's not for that person. This is on this is day one treatments. And and I ask my patients to call me every day. You know, let me know where they are, what's happening. And now there's some studies that you could use an inhaled corticosteroid to help people. So that that's an asthma treatment. An inhaled steroid can help people with uh, COVID outcomes. So that's a new thing we'll be adding on to people that get COVID. So you're just basically staying on top of your patients. You're just literally on their shoulder and you're just watching them on a daily basis and, you know, mixing up this cocktail of medication because I am getting calls for you just to let you know. I'm getting a lot of private calls to find out, can I go to him? I didn't get vaccinated. And um, I don't care if you got vaccinated or not. Right. I really don't. I mean, it's, it's your choice. And I recognize why you have fears and concerns. Well, the most and that's a Thursday show. Right. And <laughs> the most important thing is they don't want to wind up in the hospital on a ventilator. Well, let's come back and talk some more to Dr. Collender after the break. You're listening to the Collender Medical Radio Show. And if you are interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. 
Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin. We are here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also talk about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we're encouraging you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER and also tune in to the Thursday live show every Thursday, 7 o'clock till 8 o'clock. You can call in and talk to the doctor directly on the live show and ask whatever questions you have. So we're looking for solutions for people that are listening to this Sunday afternoon show. And they may be, I'm sure most of them are lost. And, um, you know, again, I come back to the question of why are more doctors not doing what you're doing, practicing the way you're practicing? Because, I mean, yours is kind of like this miraculous utopia where you have access to your doctor all the time. You spend a lot of time with your patients and none of them are going into the hospital. So it's kind of like a utopic situation. You changed over after 20 years in regular PCP practice and you went into this type of customized, personalized concierge practice. And I'm thinking about you, Siobhan, sitting next to me because in Florida, they all are concierge doctors. Yeah. They're all concierge doctors there. Everybody's in this type of practice. What's wrong with this picture in Michigan? Why are the doctors not all concierge? They're afraid. Of what? They're afraid of going out on their own and leaving a system that they've been raised in. And, you know, Florida does attract something about Florida, you know, of someone who's a little more, you know, out there. And I don't even want to just try to describe the person who's going to go concierge, uh, makes them seem like a fringe doctor. And I don't feel like I'm a fringe doctor. Um, but California, Texas, New York, everybody's concierge. And part of it is the market is there, and so it's easy to the be one. The market is here, too, okay? I agree with you. I, agree I, I with think you. the market is more here. The people here are sicker than they are anywhere else. And they need it more. They need it more. They're sicker here. They're absolutely sicker here. Now, okay, we can have an argument for Florida because they're older. They're the population. There's that, but I think it's a lot of people that are on the go, and it's just a matter of flexibility. It's like people want to be able to access their doctor right away at any time, people that are traveling. I mean, there's just a, it, it, there are people from all over the place coming in and out, and that's their home base. And, yeah, they want to have the access. I think that's really what it comes down to. Well, maybe here the market isn't. Maybe the doctors aren't doing because the market isn't here. Um, you know, I think a lot of people here in Michigan are accepting mediocrity. I don't know anyone that likes their present situation, but and I they think they are, like it less. They well, but they're not demanding the market to change. How can they demand the market to change? You you, think you, you leave can, you leave your doctor. You have to leave to go somewhere, right? And it's like, so it's a catch-22. So I mean, what about, got, the, what about the situation of the people that are, they've got medication they have to refill. They're, you know, they're worried about leaving their doctor because where am I going to go next? It's, it, it, we're stuck here. I mean, well, this is why we refer to the pay people and the listeners as widgets. You're stuck on a manufacturing platform and you've got nowhere to go. 
No, and that's not true. I'm going to stop you there. They do have everywhere to go because they can call you. And even if your practice is full, I'm sure you can find them another well, doctor. I have, like, a, I have a team. Well, you have a team in your that, own office. But right, assuming, so we have to, assuming we, 10,000 people come in tomorrow, you can well, tell them where we'll, to go. Well, we'll find other people for that. Right. Believe me, if, there's, if the market's there, we'll get someone in. Well, well, I think it's about we'll educating them. people and fostering a culture of prevention, which does exist in places like Miami, California, New York. I mean, it's very health centric. A lot of people that are focused on what they eat and exercise. It's part of the culture of, of wanting to be healthy and not resorting to the health system when you're already sick. I mean, well, that's just part of the culture. You're, it, that type of person does go to those areas more, but a lot of concierge doctors are not practicing prevention. To them, it's money for time. And they're they're doing, but that's important too. They're paying for access, right? They're now we for have access, no access, right? And that is important, having that access. And that's really what the show's about today is all about access. When the hospitals are limiting their access on their main asset, um, what is the what is the individual employee doctor supposed to do when they can't even see their patients? And the ER was the outlet. And they're See, limiting Ryan. access. See, I think that people used to sit back and think that, well, if all else fails and I start to feel as though I'm having a heart attack or I have symptoms of a stroke or a heart attack, I can just call 911 and go straight to Beaumont, get admitted, and I'll be taken care of there. Now that door is shutting. You know, when you mentioned that in that article that the complaint was anti-vaccine, uh, non-vaccinated people, but really in that article said, 30% of the people in the hospital were vaccinated. So this isn't that much of a you're vaccinated or you're not. Whereas, you know, a month or two ago, the story was it was 95% unvaccinated clogging up the hospitals. Now it's 60-30. And so that's a huge shift. And that's not being emphasized in these articles either. And that's what they were seeing in Israel there is a much higher percentage of vaccinated people because they have a higher percentage of vaccinated people. Here, as the population becomes more vaccinated, we're actually 75% vaccinated, this country. We should be at herd immunity. Yeah, but not Michigan. Michigan's not. Michigan's still only 50%, 57, something like that. That may be, but as a nation, we're, we're at 75% have received at least one vaccine Mm -hmm. And that should, back back a year and a half ago when we were talking about the beginning of COVID, that was herd immunity. So here we are, supposed to be at herd immunity, and we're not. And you've just got to really question every decision that's being made from the top down about how to handle this, this whole situation. I don't, I don't want to call it a pandemic anymore because COVID is just part of our, you know, our, our society now. It's just part of the health culture and there's nothing, you know, there's just here to stay. It's never going away. And, you know, this is how our hospitals are, are dealing with it, by cutting out access to your hospital. Well, still, people are desperate, and they are thinking about the fact that, you know, what do I do if all of a sudden one day I wake up with a fever and I think I've got COVID, where am I going? You can't even get in to see your PCP. It's now become a well, mess. To answer that question, you've got to become part of the practice before you're sick. You well, know, yeah, of course. You can't join someone's concierge practice on the day that you're sick. Well, you know, yes, that goes it's, without it's, saying. Well, it may not. Someone may call, I don't feel good. How do I get in? Well, it's like, well, I, I'm not, I don't want to see you when you're sick on day one. you got to be a patient. Then we deal with you. I'm not in urgent care. 
That's true. That's absolutely you true. You know, that's I'm that that's not from that's not good for the rest of the practice. If I'm operating like a nursing care, we're here to, you know, take care of uh, you know, to guide you along a journey that could take years to make sure that you're healed. And it's not just, you know, the practice of prevention, the type of testing you're doing and the broad spectrum of testing you're doing you're digging up all kinds of things that you weren't initially looking for in the first place when a patient comes in. Well, that's a kitchen sink approach. Right. The process of healing your body requires healing a lot of things and finding issues that need attention before they become diagnoses themselves. That's the key. Well, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult question to answer, but I think people here need to wake up and realize that they all ought to be getting into this type of practice because there's just nothing to beat it and that's my last word do we have anything else to say no i left it for you okay well unfortunately we're out of time and that wraps it up for the colander medical radio show on news talk 760 wjr sponsored by colander medical i'm your host Anne marie cronin and again i want to thank dr colander for talking to us about taking charge of our health being proactive avoiding heart attack and stroke And more importantly, what you can do to halt or reverse the process of chronic degenerative disease. It's never too late to start. For more information on today's show or to learn more about how you can engage with a personal primary care concierge practice, you can call Colander Medical directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that's 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. We hope you enjoyed the show and that you become more aware of your options in preventing and reversing disease. Once again, you can reach out to Colander Medical at 866-COLANDER. And thank you for listening.